Podcast Nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Christmas Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Man. And I'm Mo, and we're the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. Nearly all of Love Thy Nerds radio shows and podcasts air on LTN Radio first, and you'll also find an amazing mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie all week long. Except for today. Today, we are the official Christmas special of Love Thy Nerd, and all day today, you'll hear an amazing mix of rock, rap, pop, and indie Christmas music from some of the most amazing Christian artists. Today on the show, we end the year and possibly our lives, with the One Chip Challenge. <laughs> We've also got a game, a watch-along, a who-said-it quiz, five random facts, and more. But first, today is Christmas, and we're going to ruin some Christmas movies. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> That's right. There are a lot of Christmas movies that we all know and love. Some classics, some flops. Uh, so bad that we can't help but enjoy them every year. But with so many competing stories of Santa and the story of Christmas... Some start to make you scratch your head when you really think about them too long. And think about them too long, we have. <laughs> we, are, <laughs> we are each going to ruin three classic Christmas movies for you. This idea was sparked by our subtle ruining of the Santa Claus on the morning show uh, this past week when we talked about how the Santa Claus 2 establishes that all Santas must have a Mrs. Claus in order to keep the job, meaning that when the previous Santa fell off the roof and died... There must have been a Mrs. Claus back at the North Pole. However, no sight of her when Scott Calvin arrives hours later. So did Bernard just bust into her room and yell, your husband's dead, pack your crap and get out? We got a new guy coming in? Maybe so. So, Mo, you get to start us off. What is your first movie? Okay, so today I am going to start with ruining National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay, I'm interested. Okay, but I have to preface this one my husband wrote. Okay. Okay, when I told him we were doing this, he was all excited. <laughs> I am not the movie buff. Anyone who personally knows me know that, knows that I can watch a movie 20,000 times and not remember a single detail of it. My husband, on the other hand, can watch it once and remember every detail. <laughs> all right, I'm excited to see what he came up with. All right, ready? Hopefully it's family friendly. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love how that's your first thought I mean, when it, it comes is, to Chris. It is Chris. So. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, we follow the Griswold family through their quote-unquote family vacation, even though Clark is still working during this time. First things first, this movie paints Clark as an overzealous Christmas fanatic that screws up everything he touches. While, yes, most things end in disaster of some sort, I'm betting if he had more support and help from his family, more things would have, would have ended in success. Clark only wants the best Christmas for his family, but no one else seems to care, which forces Clark to improvise and fail hilariously over and over. I realize this movie is pure comedy, and picking it apart seems perhaps disrespectful since it's a Christmas classic, but let's be honest, this movie isn't exactly scientifically accurate. Without further ado, let's focus on the biggest factual errors that occurred. Number one, while Clark parades his family through a snowy woodland to find the perfect Christmas tree, finally spotting it in a halo of light, his daughter Audrey can't appreciate it. However, she's visibly shivering from the cold, and as Ellen points out, her eyes are frozen. Nowhere in the history of anything else have I ever heard of someone's eyes freezing unless they have, unfortunately, froze to death. This is because God has given us the magical ability to blink. <laughs> Blinking not only lubricates the eye to keep it from drying out, but it does so with warm tears, thus preventing them from freezing. Number two, Clark rubs his saucer, runs his saucer down. Nope. Nope. 
rubs his saucer down with his company's non-caloric silicone-based kitchen lubricant, <laughs> which supposedly creates a surface 500 times more slippery than any cooking oil. <laughs> Seconds later, he careens down the hill in a fiery blaze, weaving through trees, crossing a busy road, and finally colliding with a gift donation box or what perhears or <laughs> what appears to be at Walmart. What perhears to be. What perhears to be. Uh, While this scene looks like something I would love to do, remember my husband wrote this, um, (laughs) minus hitting the donation bin at the end, let's bring science into the equation. In the real world, of course, Clark would never go that fast. There's two kinds of ways you can accelerate something. You can push or gravity can pull you. In Clark's case, in Clark's case, there has to be something pushing him to accelerate him to super speeds. Reading other people's work is not your strong suit. I do it every week. (laughs) (laughs) Whether that acceleration came from an unseen rocket or some other hidden propulsion system pushing at Clark's back, if Clark had reached those speeds in real life, it could have caused his body to compress, potentially leading to internal injury comparable to those of a pilot who has just ejected from his plane. Can you tell my husband wrote this? It's super scientific. It's very scientific sounding, yes. Yeah, it's not me at all. Uh, number three, no Griswold Christmas would be complete without an ostentatious light show. Clark boasts that he's wrapped his house in 250 strands, consisting of 100 bulbs per strand of imported Italian twinkle lights. That's a lot of lights. More specifically, it is 25,000 lights, each burning at 6.3 watts, making the total wattage be 157,000 500 watts or 157.5 kilowatts. Most homes have 50 to 100 amp main circuit breaker, meaning Clark's setup would most definitely trip the breaker, killing all the power to the house. If Clark really wanted to, he could create some device holding the breaker in place so that it would stay on. But honestly, that would probably cause things to melt or even catch on fire, ending this scene and the chances of Cousin Eddie or anyone else ruining Christmas because... Clark would have already taken care of it by destroying their home. Wow. Uh-huh. Last but not least, number four. Cousin Eddie has brought his RV along for the ride and needs to find somewhere to empty the bladder of his RV. Luckily for Eddie, the sewer drain is right nearby, so Eddie hooks up his hose and proceeds to dump everything into the local drainage sewer line and never looks back. While Clark notices this and disapproves, he never steps in and stops him. Later in the movie, while this fact seems to be just a smelly inconvenience and nothing more, at the end of the movie, while everyone runs outside to see the wondrous lights, Uncle Lewis lights his cigar and throws the match into the same drain from earlier, causing an explosion from the waste of the RV. Let's just think about this for a second and see if it all makes sense. Days before, Eddie dumped sewage in the same drain, and for some reason, it hasn't moved. I'm not 100% sure, but most drainage systems I've seen actually drain, causing the removal of said liquid from the area. Secondly, anywhere outside of Hollywood, if you throw a match, chances are the flame will be put out seconds into flight, rendering it useless and thus not being able to light anything on fire. And finally, let's just be honest, while I'm no expert in this field of study, I feel as though... This type of fluid waste is so volatile, not only would there be more RV camper, RV and camper explosions, 
Maybe some sort of scientist would have figured out how to harness its power for good, <laughs> seeing that it's probably by far one of the most renewable resources people have to offer. <laughs> no more wind turbines, guys. That's what we're saying. Let's just let's just put rolling fields of of RV dumps. Exactly. It'll be fun. All right, guys. That well, was wait, good. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was it. While Clark wanted the best Christmas for his family, mistakes were made by all. But ultimately, like any feel-good story, it all worked out. And in the end, Clark is ultimately the hero for buying the new pool and everything else seems to be forgotten. And while not everything is factual or scientifically correct, the director said it happened and that's why it's in the movie. (laughs) Good job, Chris. He did do well. That was was thorough. Yeah. Are yours as thorough as his? Um. In a different way. Okay. He's more scientific. I'm more emotional. All right. Yeah. Well, here's my first movie. My first movie to ruin is Home Alone. I have a conspiracy theory that Kevin grew up to be a torture-inducing serial killer, such as Jigsaw, all because of something his mother did. No, it wasn't that she left him home alone. Sure, that was likely traumatic. But we clearly see he grows in many positive ways. Even his encounter with the wet bandits proved he wasn't the traumatic experience. Uh, it wasn't the traumatic experience it could have been. It proved that Kevin is a technical genius, has brilliant intuition about human behavior, had a fantastic knack for improvisation, and valued justice over evil. However, while Kevin was putting his talents to good use, his mom was riding in a rented van alongside admittedly deadbeat dads in a polka band led by Gus Polinski. How did she get there? After realizing that Kevin was home alone and dealing with the cops who could care less and scratching and clawing herself all the way to Scranton, Pennsylvania, she is met with a roadblock at an airline where she, after an impassioned plea, says, if I have to sell my soul to the devil himself, I'm getting home to my son. And who immediately pops into frame with an offer of a ride? Gus Polinski, otherwise known as the devil in disguise, (laughs) ready to collect on the offer Mommy Dearest just made. Need more proof? The meaning of the name Polinski is dweller or owner of land. The meaning of Gus is great. So we are looking at a great owner of land, a ruler of earth, if you will, Satan himself. (laughs) Having delivered on his promise and left on his merry way, the devil used Kevin's mom to influence his attitude. Just a couple years later, we see all of Kevin's growth and maturity had been all but forgotten. When he finds himself lost in New York, suddenly this boy, who only really hurt and embarrassed the villains in the first movie, was now more than happy to ruin the lives of the staff at a hotel who were just doing their jobs and concerned there was an unaccompanied minor in their building, which is kind of a big deal. He humiliates them. He manipulates them. He crushes their spirit. And he doesn't seem to feel the least bit guilty about it. Now, sure, he has plenty of encounters with other nice folks where he does nice things. But I'm sure even Jigsaw held the door open for people now and then. But when being evil benefits Kevin, he has no problem with it. That is the mind no longer of a good-natured, justice-seeking genius technician, but instead a cruel mastermind. Even the way he handled the wet bandits escalated from serious injury in the first movie, stepping on a nail, smacked with a half-empty paint can, flamethrower to the head, to things that should have actually killed them, falling multiple stories through broken wood, being electrocuted enough to see your skeleton, being smashed in the face with a crushing heavy steel beam. These are the actions of a boy being trained to be a killer, all thanks to mom's deal with the devil. Man. 
<laughs> Comparing Kevin McAllister to Jigsaw. I don't know. <laughs> All right. My second one is A Christmas Story. Set in 1940 and narrated by an adult version of the main character, Ralphie, who in the movie is nine, A Christmas Story is a slapstick comedy meant to give us a nostalgic feel of a homegrown Christmas with your typical suburban family. Only when you look at the movie a little deeper, you begin to realize it not only has very little to do with Christmas, but also misses the mark drastically on truly providing the audience with with the nostalgia it claims. Most classic Christmas movies embrace the idea that Christmas means goodwill to all. Maybe the characters want presents or other selfish things, but ultimately they realize that the holiday is about so much more. In A Christmas Story, Ralphie really, really wants an official Red Ryder carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle. But by the end of the film, he has realized that the true meaning of Christmas is shooting things with his new Red Ryder BB gun. It doesn't take much research or convincing to realize the usual underlying meaning of Christmas is about so much more than presents is lost on this now 40-year-old retelling the story of his ninth Christmas. What a great approach the creators of this movie took at wielding a holiday classic all about consumerism. Aside from the obvious feel-good feel good aspect, aspect <clears throat> or not. What a great word. <laughs> Pause right in the middle <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Uh, A lot of people like A Christmas Story because it's nostalgic and reminds them of childhood. But the movie isn't really about nine-year-old Ralphie because everything we see is from the perspective of older Ralphie looking back at 1940. So rather than capturing a sense of childlike wonder, the film gives us a childhood viewed through adult eyes four decades later. It's a middle-aged man in 1983 remembering everything from 40 years ago as great and hilarious. But was it? Let's look at what Reagan-era Ralphie is actually nostalgic for. A long-suffering mom who can't have anything for herself, a dad who's angry all the time, a childhood in which his biggest accomplishments were beating up a bully and getting a gun, a world where boys make the rules and anyone who's not like them doesn't factor in, and worst of all, Ralphie looks back with fondness on a time when his family could openly laugh at Asian people. (laughs) (laughs) The best... Christmas films aren't about retreating to an idealized past with clear rules and assigned roles for everyone. They're about how the holiday spirit can bring hope and joy to a messy, cynical world like the one we actually live in, dare I say, like 2020. And let's be clear, considering I'm merely five years away from being 40, looking back on my ninth Christmas is not one I would be able to do with much accuracy. Yet 40-year-old Ralphie seems to remember even the most foolish of details along the way. Not much nostalgia is felt here for what Christmas to a child is, but rather the retelling of a year he got exactly what he wanted by a moderately grumpy man. All of this to say, not only is A Christmas Story a lame Christmas movie, it is not much of a Christmas movie at all, following the misery of its characters, giving the notion that if we argue enough, we'll eventually get what we want, and largely following the many sordid events of children in pain, other than being set at Christmas, A Christmas Story misses the mark on all things we know and love about Christmas movies. Being a good person can be hard. Caring about other people makes you vulnerable. Having hopes 
Having hope opens you up to disappointment. The holiday spirit is about lowering these defenses, being kind, feeling joy, and allowing yourself to believe, even for one night, that the world is good. A Christmas Carol is about this. A Charlie Brown Christmas is about this. A Wonderful Life is about this. Bad Santa is about this. Even Die Hard is about this. Whereas... A Christmas story is about children in pain, making fun of people who are different, and learning that life is a series of crushing disappointments, although I will admit that that Nightmare Santa visit scene is kind of great. At the end of it all, enjoy whatever movie fills you with joy this holiday season, and try not to shoot your eye out. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So, I, you know, I might... I might get a little bit of hate for this. I've never actually watched <gasps> The Christmas Story. Not once. Wow. I know some of the, you know, the general. Right. You shoot your eye out. The, the tongue on the thing. Yeah. You know, the frozen tongue, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know the the gist of the movie, but I've never watched it. But that know. was really good, especially the ramp up about all the other movies. That was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. <clears throat> very, very good. <laughs> My second movie is... Jingle all the way. I can't believe you did this one. In this movie, we see colossal failure uh, father, Howard Lang, trying to find the hottest selling Christmas toy ever, Turbo Man, for his son. And in many instances, he gets close, only for someone else to throw a wrench in the plan. Myron Larrabee, a United States postal worker who is never actually delivering mail despite being in his full uniform with a mail bag. In fact, not only is he not delivering mail, but during his supposed work hours, he's also hunting down this toy for his son. Sure, he could just be bad at his job, but I think the movie shows a different side of the argument. Myron is an escaped mental patient who has attacked a postal worker, stolen his uniform and mail truck, and assumed the role of a postal worker to blend in to normal society who hardly give postal workers a second glance. When was the last time you saw a postal truck out just running errands like a personal vehicle? When was the last time you saw a mailman sitting in a diner with his mail sack around his shoulder? Why would he carry the mail bag with him? He's never delivering mail, so he's simply playing up the role of mailman but perhaps going a bit overboard with it. Yet, he has been known to take mail out and use it as projectiles. He pulls out a bomb on one occasion. Myron sells it as if mail bombs come through the mail every day on a huge basis, but in reality, they're extremely rare, almost one in a billion. So Myron built the bomb himself, which is when the main character, Howard, says the bomber is clearly insane. And Larrabee takes it as a compliment and says, Thank you! Myron has many inconsistencies with his own storytelling at times. He claims to pay alimony to a woman he claims slept with everybody at the post office but me, which goes against the fact that he has a son. He claims to have studied psychology at junior college for a semester. However, then only spouts out conspiracies. At one point, he speaks of his old man as he pours a drink. He rants about he never forgave him, brings up a toy he wanted for Christmas as a child but never got. You can almost feel Myron channeling his old man as he pours that drink. And he no longer comes off as juvenile and chipper, but bitter. His own son is never shown, nor even given a name. So how do we know this son actually exists? Is it not possible, then, that Myron is trying to relive his childhood via his disguise as some drunk, paranoid mail carrier? Hmm. We see how joyous he is by the end of the film when he finally gets a Turbo Man. Thus, the Turbo Man is really for him. 
not his son. Further proof of the identity theft theory is given when he does it later in the film, where he beats a man to take his costume and become the villain in the parade, a character he is oddly familiar with, even knowing the villain's catchphrase, despite pretending to not know who Turbo Man actually was, calling him some fruity robot named Turtle Man in the film. (laughs) In fact, he's so good as the villain, we never see anyone question that he was the right guy in the costume, despite being a different race and going way off script. He also pushes people in the parade, punches Booster, and sees no issue in child endangerment as he chases a nine-year-old to the top of a building, and then they both nearly tumble to their deaths. Are these the actions of a sane man? I think not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, My last one is Christmas with the Cranks. All right. I really like not a lot of people like this movie. I feel like really most people I've talked to think it's dumb and they watch it once and never watch it again. Really? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me sad. I want to know who your friends are because most of my <laughs> friends really love it. Okay. All right, bring it on. Christmas with the Cranks isn't the most critically acclaimed holiday movie of all time yet. As a family-friendly comedy, it does, in fact, receive a lot of annual viewings during the Christmas season. The story follows Luther Crank, a toned-down Ebenezer Scrooge type who wants to skip Christmas for a year and instead go on a cruise with his wife, Nora. Nora and Luther have recently become empty nesters, and they miss their daughter, Blair, who's ventured to Peru for the Peace Corps. The Cranks will do anything to forget this time of year without her in their presence, because skipping the holidays is somehow a mortal sin in this Christmas story The Cranks receive a plethora of hate and peer pressure from their neighbors until, of course, their daughter surprises them by coming home on Christmas Eve. And the same neighbors who have harassed them for the entire movie come together as a community to help the Cranks plan a last minute Christmas party. My theory, Luther Crank is not the villain in this movie. In fact, he's the most Santa-like of all the characters we meet. Let me break it down and explain. Okay. From the very beginning of the movie, we're led to believe that Luther is not only a Scrooge, but also selfish. He has this plan to cancel Christmas altogether, so it only makes sense that our first thought would be that he is selfish. But really, he's just a doting father who misses his daughter during the most family-oriented time of the year, and a husband who wants to reconnect with his wife. He plans an elaborate vacation for just the two of them and takes care of every detail along the way, right down to a line-by-line explanation of how they will, in fact, be saving money by skipping out on tradition. Best of all, planning for a cruise and all the anticipation that comes along with a Caribbean vacation will help take Nora's mind off the fact that Blair won't be home for Christmas for the first time in 22 years. Sure, a cruise benefits Luther as well, but the underlying thought is not really out of selfish ambition. Throughout the duration of the movie, we watch as the merriest neighborhood in America with the most insanely neurotic neighbors harass and stalk stalk the cranks after finding out their plan to skip Christmas. If Christmas with the Cranks were not a Christmas movie and instead set during Easter or Thanksgiving, we as an audience would have no qualms about accepting the true villains as the crazed community the Cranks have found themselves a part of. A part of. Even so, during the elaborate schemes from their neighbors, Luther continues to comfort his wife and try to keep her eyes on the prize. Instead of returning hate for hate, he simply presses on with the plan and resolves to let bygones be bygones. Just when we think the cranks are in the green and ready to set out for their much-needed, probably even more so now, Caribbean cruise, they are once again thrown another curveball as they find out Blair's plans have changed and she will be coming home. For any normal family, this would not be 
quite the panicked frenzy it plans out to be on screen, but for the cranks who we can only assume have celebrated the last 22 Christmases with just as much pomp and circumstance as they've been required for this year, it feels like an act of mass proportions to pull off their annual Christmas gathering. During this time is truly when we see our supposed villain save the day as only a true hero can do, springing into action to pull off the best Christmas possible, even down to convincing his neighbor to let him borrow their tree, who, by the way, were able to travel for Christmas without any repercussions at all, it seems. Somehow, he pulls it off with the help of those who were just mere hours ago, his enemies, of course. He makes it the memorable Christmas Blair was expecting to come home to. See, from the beginning, we're force-fed the notion that Luther is a self-centered hater of all things Mary, but in reality, he's just a man who knows the difficulty surrounding a holiday without those you love most. Yes, he's a little rough around the edges, but from the very beginning, when he runs through the rain for chocolate and pistachios, to the end, when he makes the seemingly unattainable a reality. Reality, Luther continues to show us his true love for family, much unlike Blair and Vic Frohmeyer, who, in my opinion, are in fact the true vil villains guilty of robbing Christmas of its true meaning. I'm going to have a hot take here. Oh, okay. I don't think you ruined that movie at all. Why? I think you redeemed it. Really? Because I think you're right. Oh. <laughs> Seems right to me. Seems to make sense, emotionally speaking. You just redeemed a Christmas movie, which I mean is cool and all, but you 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 broke your promise. Is all. But to these, I ruined to these people listening. the notion <laughs> of what everybody thinks the cranks is about. <sighs> it was good. I liked it. <laughs> all right, Thanks. final movie time. <sighs> I'm excited. Ugh. The last movie. That we are ruining today is Elf. In the opening of the movie Elf, we're told that Buddy wandered into Santa's sack, accidentally ending up in the North Pole, and was adopted by kindly old Papa Elf. The impression is given at the time that they didn't know where he came from, and thus he had no choice but to raise, them, raise him themselves. I postulate that Buddy was kidnapped by Santa. Hmm. Throughout the movie, we're told that Christmas spirit makes Santa's sleigh fly, but that spirit cannot come from elves for some reason. It must come from humans. In the same way that bad guys in Monsters, Inc. were planning to kidnap children to force them to scream for their power, I believe it was Santa's plan all along to create a human so full of Christmas cheer that it would keep them powered up for many years to come as they noticed genuine Christmas cheer in the world starting to dip. They held it off as long as they could eventually adding the rocket engine to supplement, but everyone saw the writing on the wall. To save Christmas, they'd have to do something unthinkable. Here's my proof. First of all, you're telling me Santa continued to deliver presents all around the world that night, but didn't find Buddy in his bag till they got back to the North Pole? Second, they clearly knew who Buddy was, because one, it's established that Santa knows your name, per his list, and your address, per seeing you when you're sleeping, etc. And two... They had a photo of his parents. Did Papa Elf have a DNA lab in his garage? I don't think so. <laughs> Third, it's only after they believe that Christmas spirit is too low for Buddy's spirit alone to handle it that they send him on his quest. He's 30 or older, not a teenager, not 18 or 21, but mid-30s. Why wait so long? Everyone else at the North Pole knew he was a human, 
but they had to set up a fake conversation for Buddy to overhear, quote-unquote, so he would find out and be sent on his quest. And yes, I said a fake conversation. They were standing ten feet from Buddy, whom could clearly see through the shelves that are open front and back and barely obscured by toys. Fourth, the mission to find his dad was more about infecting New York with the Christmas cheer Buddy has been exposed to. If he was enough, if he was enough, he alone was enough to power the sleigh for years, then surely if he could get a few dozen people to have just a little bit more cheer, Santa could make it through this year at least. And it was touch and go, but Buddy pulled it off without realizing that was the plan all along. Fifth, why were the Central Park Rangers after Santa? Not because they were put on the naughty list like Santa claimed, but because they have been hunting this magical kidnapper for 30-plus years after he took Buddy from an orphanage right across the street. Lastly, why can't elves be used to harvest Christmas cheer? Because elves need it to function properly. Unlike humans, when the sleigh sucks up cheer from elves, it removes it from them. It turns them grumpy, cheerless, and selfish. How do I know this? Because at the beginning of the movie, Papa Elf narrates that there are only three kinds of elves. Cookie elves, cobbler elves, and Santa's elves. But after an encounter with an angry little person at his dad's workplace, Buddy mentions the secret fourth kind of elf, South Pole elves. I would assume that they are thought of as a myth. A fairy tale to scare little elf children into keeping the Christmas spirit. But in reality... They were real elves sucked of their Christmas spirit for several years to keep the sleigh in the air and then banished to the other side of the globe in order to keep it a secret. When people were catching on to the plan, Santa quietly stopped, letting the rumors stay rumors, all the while formulating his next plan to kidnap an orphan. Wow. Those were our attempts to ruin six Christmas movies for you. What do you think of our theories? We would love to know. (laughs) Frankly... I'll never watch these movies the same again. (laughs) I mean. Uh, Let's take our first break right here. That was a long segment. When we get back, laugh along with us as we relive our first ever spicy challenge, the Pepper Stepper Challenge, as we narrate our pain and tell you what was going on in our minds. And later in the show, the One Chip Challenge shows a new meaning of the word pain. Stick around. I'll see you at the Christmas party tomorrow. Okay, bye. Hey, McGee. Hello? Oh, yeah? Well, this year I'm Santa's secret Santa. Okay, what am I supposed to do about that, Jerry? Ugh. Hi, Wayne. Aw, did you lose a bat, sweetie? It's my celebration tie. Wayne, you didn't get the promotion. What? Peterson got it. My partner? Yeah. You're disappointed. Oh, no, no. I'm glad for Peterson. What, are you crazy? Because he was trained by me. I mean, seriously, are you crazy? I'm so glad that the big guy noticed him and not me. So there you go. Well, good, because now you have a new partner to train. In the first prep and landing special from Disney, we see longtime elf Wade walk right into headquarters believing without a doubt that he was getting a promotion only to have his hopes and dreams dashed as someone below him was promoted above him. Instead of moving up the corporate ladder, he was sent out with a new partner to train on Christmas Eve to prepare the way for Santa. 
Disillusioned, he does a poor job, and his lack of attention to detail causes a catastrophe that they barely escape in the nick of time. And in true uplifting special fashion, this event brings him to realize just how much he loves the position he's in now. And when at the end he is offered a new position, a higher up position, he turns it down, having found the true meaning of contentment. Now in our lives, when we struggle with the lack of contentment, it's hard to wrap that up in a 22 minute special. It's human nature to want more, whether that be in our jobs, financially, relationships, all of that. We desire more. It's hard to stay content where we're at. It's kind of an internal greed that we're born with and develop over time. We get antsy when things start to feel stale. Stale as a week old cookie. Sometimes it takes for us to lose things that we have before we realize that we should be content in all circumstances. Let's look at Paul. In Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13, Paul writes, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's the original usage of that last verse there. It's not about conquering mountains. It's about conquering the day to day. It's about being content in every circumstance that God puts you in with less, with more. When the snowstorm came, Wade was the experienced elf that was able to handle that rough situation. Had he been promoted and a new elf put in his place, Santa might have been done for that year. In whatever circumstance God has you in right now, believe that it's for the best, for your good and his glory, and find contentment, because we're not getting any younger, you know. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. Welcome back to the Back Row Christmas Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. That's not on here. That's right. <laughs> and the I'm top Mo. of the dang page. Do you forget to read when the... Because <laughs> this happened last time we were on Twitch, too. <laughs> and I'm Mo. If you're no, 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 no. We're starting over. <laughs> okay. Can't blame it on your cord this time, Mo. I know. All the cords. <laughs> All the cords. Too much Clean pressure. up the table. Too much pressure. All right. Welcome back to the Back Row Christmas Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. If you're listening on Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network, remember that all of our shows air first on LTN Radio during the actual morning hours. And we are normally ready to kick off your day with some humor and fun in our morning show Monday through Thursday. That's right. And though we will be taking a break next week, we will be back with new morning shows on Monday, January 4th. So make plans to join us at 7 a.m. Central with an encore at 9 a.m. But we've got a lot more show tonight to take you through. Today, since we will be ending our show with a one-chip challenge that we have been hyping for nearly three months now as happening sometime soon, quote-unquote, we thought it would be fun to relive our very first spicy challenge and its disastrous results. <laughs> Back in 2017, Matt and I tried our hand at a YouTube show where we challenged each other in many different ways. Once, it was playing a game of Bible or Not while wearing shock collars. That was fun. Mm-hmm. It actually was pretty fun. <laughs> I uh, still have them over here if you like. <laughs> n- that's okay. okay. Um, once it was guessing Pringles flavors and getting shot in the face with water if we were wrong. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. also fun. Uh huh. And on our very first episode, we ate five 
different peppers. The pepper sipper challenge was devised to take us from no heat to more heat than either of us had ever experienced uh, in pepper form. We started with a yellow bell pepper and ended at a habanero, which, sure, aren't even close to the hottest peppers in the world, but we almost called it quits after round two with jalapenos, and you'll see this. (laughs) Where we were exposed for the heat weenies that we truly are, since then, we've acquired a whole new audience that might not even know these shows still exist out there. So, today... We're going to have you listen along with our torment as Matt and I react to it and share what we were thinking at the time. All right. If I can remember. Headphones on. Okay. I got this on the screen and here we go. Today we take the pepper stepper challenge. Welcome to the back row. Welcome to the back row with Matt. This is the first of uh, what is hopefully a, a series of videos where Mo and I basically just go head to head in some kind of crazy challenge. So yeah, we'll be talking about this for a little while. Yeah, it's actually one of the longest introductions in these YouTube shows that we did. It was kind of similar to what we do on the podcast now. Nobody cares about Marty. Oh. Hey, I care about Marty. <laughs> Marty was a nice guy. Uh, Marty was uh, my buddy who, before before Mo entered the picture, before we started the podcast and everything, we tried doing YouTube stuff to begin with. And Marty was the the replacement for my buddy Joey Porter. Joey Porter and I recorded our, the very first uh, like. Ooh, hey, new follower. Uh, (laughs) We're we're also live streaming on Twitch, so you might hear some weird things like that every now and then. Um, But yeah, we were were recording our very first YouTube show, and then Joey decided to move out of nowhere after the first one. And so I had to find a replacement because I really still wanted to do this. And so, uh, yeah. So Marty, you know, he he stuck around. He hit me with a chair once, uh, a, a steel chair, and it hurt a lot. So he, you know, he did a lot for me. And that's when he left. <laughs> Wanted to go big for the first episode, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so, so, you know, we're going to start out with, you know, a really mild pepper, and then we're going to go all the way up to habaneros, which is about the hottest that you can buy in our town right now. Um, I've seen Carolina Reapers in our town now, so. Really? And stuff Carolina all over Carolina Reaper challenges yeah. and all over the internet. Huh. Okay, good. I get we're not that cool. But... We are still not that cool. We're not doing it. You hear me? Yeah, no, I get you. (laughs) I'm a big wimp when it comes to to heat, so I'm not going to do well. Now, Megan... Our families are there, too, watching along with us. Yeah, I hear Deidre in the background. Deidre, Chris, your kids are there. Oh, yeah. My little boy. Two little boys. I just want it noted that you called me Megan. Concentrated sauce. Stuff and that's that been like a, a long time since you got oh, called back me then, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> and so she has already endured a lot more than I think she's going to have to endure today, but but we shall see. But biting a pepper is completely different than having to take a small bite of a wing to taste. That's true, and, and we're having to eat the whole pepper, <sighs> seeds and all. Not the stem, but the seeds are the. the we got part. our milk. That's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's where thing. it all went First down. That milk will come into play many, many times throughout this video (laughs) and really be the star of the show by the end. Yeah, true. Very true. Sweet yellow bell pepper 
the uh, Scoville scale for these is, is a big fat zero. zero. Now, I hated bell peppers for most of my life, and so you kind of mock me for enjoying it here. And I'm like, hey, this is like the third bell pepper I've ever eaten in my life. I want to enjoy it. <laughs> Meanwhile, you shove it all in your mouth like a barbarian. Oh, so sorry. It's nice. But the rest of these, we're going to have to eat a whole one. Oh. Is that somewhere to be? <laughs> So level two, you feeling good? I don't know what it says about us that we laugh at ourselves as we watch ourselves. Are we that conceited? Oh man. We're just possibly eight thousand. It was eight thousand. We didn't we didn't do enough research before doing this <laughs> to figure out what would really happen. We went full pepper. We did go full pepper. Here we go. That's such a bad oh, idea. Oh, we thought we were so much more than we are. Ugh. Oh. Oh, man. Please, Lord, help me. <laughs> My gosh. The involuntary <laughs> prayer has begun. I wanted so badly to show you up. I was really trying. I really was. Seeds got us. So many seeds. Good grief. <laughs> oh, man. The room that we're in is already really hot. Oh, yeah. This was in the middle of summer. That reminds me, we need to turn on the air conditioner before we get to that last segment. <laughs> already quitting. I'd was. I really was. I was done. I do Round two. It hurts, Matt. Go ahead. We're amending this. We need a break. Oh, man. Mmm. Chug that sweet, sweet milk, bro. Oh, it's it's very struggle. It's a, it's a big struggle to watch this, knowing what happens at the end. I know. Because all the time you just want to yell at Mo, stop, stop drinking, drinking the, the milk. milk. <laughs> oh, stop. Man. I've always thought that your reaction right there, the oh, man, makes it sound like I farted in the room. Oh, you're right. <laughs> For the record, I did not fart during the challenge. 
Paper towels. This stuff's gonna start happening. <laughs> 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 the prediction. Stuff's gonna start happening. That's still round two. Yeah, round two was by far the longest round I make, <clears throat> that we had. It just... All you YouTubers out there. We, we really realized in this first round with the jalapenos that uh, we're very weak, weak-willed individuals when it comes to the spicy stuff. And we've done a few spicy challenges since then, but they've been like candy-based. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, every other spicy thing we've taste-tested this year hasn't really been that hot. It's been advertised as really hot, fiery, hottest thing ever, those kind of stuff. But they've been huge letdowns. So now we're moving on to round three, which is Serrano peppers. I wonder if they've been... No, 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 this isn't Serrano's. I'm sorry. This is... Um, it's the one that we always forget. Right. Always. It's related to the jalapeno. Red Fresno. Hey, that reminds me. We need gloves. Red Fresno. Red Fresno. Red Fresno. We need gloves for the last round, too, by the way. Okay. See, I'm glad that we're watching this. So we can't that touch our eyes after we touch the chip. So we use the gloves, put it in, take the gloves off, throw them in the trash, and then don't touch our mouths with our hands. We could just use a paper towel. That could work, too, just as long as we don't touch our eyes. This one is the one that tasted like grass, right? No, that was the Serrano. Okay. The Serrano, the next one, tasted like grass. This one was actually much more pleasant. It has a much better initial taste than the jalapeno. Oh, yeah. It tasted good. It wasn't nearly as hot. There's a little bit of heat, but not a lot. So we like we figured that there was some overlap in the Scoville scale between these two. Yeah. Right. This one could go higher. It must have been on the top scale of that Scoville. And this yeah. Yeah. Right there, just what it said. I said it from the very beginning. That jalapeno was the eight thousand. It has to have been eight thousand. Is that whatever? Oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, very high. Yeah, yeah. Red Fresnos are not terrible. I really think we made a mistake just going all yeah, in that was for the a bad jalapeno. Idea. Yeah, I agree, Mo. Serranos. <laughs> twenty twenty, Mo is is much smarter. <laughs> And yet, she's still going to eat this death chip. You said I'd lose my job if I didn't. <laughs> this has got Carolina Reaper and oh, Sichuan man. Heat. Renegade has a whole new meaning now. Renegade, renegade. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, is it not hurting you at all? No, not at all. Oh my gosh. Should I take another bite? 
Yes, I was finally able to prove that I was stronger than you. Oh, Mila's laugh is so little. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. It's really nice to hear our, our kids yeah. being a few years younger. It's yep. me so badly. Why is it not burning you? <clears throat> There's a bit of heat. Take a sip of your milk. <laughs> no! <laughs> I can beat it. It's not as bad as the habanero. I think it's just building off the habanero that the was already in there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not as bad as a jalapeno. <laughs> My mind is already frazzled at this point. Okay, again, look, the heat is starting to hit me. But again, I really don't want you to win. Right. And see, I was trying. I like not having the milk. I don't want to have the milk. I want to power through it. That's the mistake. Don't do it. No, but starting to hit me now. Yeah. <laughs> see, I realize I can't hide this anymore. This is bad. <laughs> Should we? Should we? <laughs> Did you see that? Mila said, I think you should drink your milk. And I was like, not until he does. Not until he does it. And then here we go. Mo chugs more milk. Oh, man. As you can tell, my kids are really enjoying watching me. She got a, almost a fourth of that jug oh, down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I just coughed up a whole bunch of stuff. Oh. <laughs> uh, why is it not leaving? It's not leaving. The milk is almost making it. Just holding the milk in your mouth with this one and gargling with it, that was the best relief. Uh, yeah. But then the milk got hot. <laughs> White hot heat. White hot heat. White hot. Which was my nickname in high school. White hot heat. how confident we were that we would never make this mistake again. Right? And yet here we are. <sighs> live streaming. Uh, recording this. I don't know what. There's no way we can get out of it. No. <laughs> oh no, computer failure. Guess we can't do it. No, not now. You better wait for the habanero. Look at you. That takes away your extra bite advantage right there. What kind of ice cream was that? That yeah, is just no. plain okay. old bluebell vanilla. Oh, okay. So it was not the ice cream. It was solely the milk, 100%. Yeah, it had to be the milk. Yeah, yeah. you've eaten this ice cream a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the last, uh, the, the Serrano we said the Scoville units was between six I don't know why we poured the entire plate of habaneros on there. The jalapeno that kicked our butt was between 2,500 and 8,000. I don't know. We thought we were going to eat them all. <laughs> no way. 80,000. 80,000. And 350,000. 350, yeah. Good grief. So this could have gotten super hot. Wow. We could very well die. But that's still we will near. die today. Yeah, that's nowhere near the one to tell. We're not really going to die. We're not going to die. Mila, no, don't Why die. Oh, all right. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I might puke. My stomach's really Mo thought it was the peppers causing her stomach to hurt. Here's a hint. That wasn't what caused it. I'm just going to let you have it. I'm not going to throw up. I'm so hot. So for those of you who can't see when we're on audio here, it's just, you know, I'm bald. 
I was bald back then. And when you're bald and you don't have, ooh, ooh wow, <laughs> when you don't have hair and you're eating spicy stuff, you sweat profusely from the entirety of your bald head. You don't have any hair to suck it up. Yeah. So we have a bunch of napkins and paper towels and tissues here for later. Because I Again, feel like I'll be a fountain. It was, yeah. Again, it was the middle of July. It was very hot. You had a We sunburn. did not have air conditioning in the room. We didn't we have had LED these, lights. We had normal lights. Yep, we had these huge lights over us. Oh, it was just bad. All around bad. It does have a fruity taste. Tasted really good. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's bad. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I could feel flames yeah. coming out of my mouth. Yeah. I I legitimately felt like I could feel them coming out of my ears. No. You know like how, steam, like, in cartoons? Yeah. 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 Oh. I think you say that uh, in a minute. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. I'm gonna... You gotta feel it. You gotta feel it. <sighs> Mother! That's always been my favorite. <laughs> in the beginning, you cried out to the Lord. At the end, you're crying out to your mama. <laughs> I want to make it known. No, no, no. Matt wins this challenge. No. Because he took mm. a far bigger bite than I did. I don't know if you can see that. I have such an issue but with being a loser. I feel right now. Yeah. I really do. Because you almost gave up. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps eating away at you. Yep, it does. I'm looking for a place to escape, and I can't. <laughs> you gotta move. <laughs> I'm sure the oh, chest friend. beating will come back later today too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Ice cream time. Oh. oh. Tongue directly Straight. on the ice cream. Yep. Tongue in the ice cream. No spoon necessary. Yep, see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Does the ice cream help? Oh my gosh. I did get seeds. I have a lot of seeds. I felt so many, like, little, little, <sighs> little stabs of fire. Oh, in my mouth. Oh, I'm still there. The competitive nature in me wants to take another bite. <laughs> <laughs> what a good friend you are. Do it. <laughs> Matt has no issues with being the loser. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, here you go. You yep. talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, no. Don't burp. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is half like pain from the pepper. <laughs> and half the fact that you had drunk so much milk and forgot. That you were lactose intolerant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so this wanting to throw up my is, is uh. <laughs> I have a short spot on my tongue. It's all coming from all the chugging of the milk. Yeah. That does happen. Yeah. That was where the the drill I was talking about mm-hmm. happens. Oh, supposed to be. Oh, alcohol. my stomach hurts. <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Having a baby. That's what it sounded like earlier with you. <laughs> 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 oh, 
labor pains. Just chug some more milk. That'll help I, your stomach. I know. So, chug some listen, more. I legitimately <laughs> forgot. I'm going to give the win to Megan. <laughs> she came back and took a second bite of the habanero, which ended up being more of the pepper than I had. And uh, she's clearly in a lot more pain than I am. <laughs> Uh, ultimately, I was the loser, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Thank you for liking the subscribing. Final word, Megan. Don't try this at home. So just wow. a second after this. Don't go to this website, by the way. There's, uh, there's people streaming with us right now, watching it live. Don't go to that website. It's been taken over by Japanese casinos. Which is right, crazy. So, so this is where Mo is deciding she's got to go throw up. <laughs> I'm My children are not doing it. I'm throwing up. <laughs> Yep. And then there's yep, Chris with hurt. my little baby. <laughs> little Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, fun. Oh, man. That was fun. So, yeah. So we we did that challenge, and then your your mother watched it and you know saw that you, you threw up and basically called you and said what? <laughs> <laughs> you are lactose intolerant. What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's one of those things that I think like when for your entire <laughs> life, you just, you haven't done something and then you're in your thirties and all of a sudden you, it's just not something that I think about on a regular basis right. anymore. Yeah. You know, I just don't <laughs> drink milk. I just don't care for milk. Well, I don't drink milk or care for milk because I am in fact lactose intolerant. So, <laughs> and that was that. Uh, that was one of our longer challenges for sure. But you can still find all of our old videos on our YouTube channel, which is Back Row Radio. Look for the playlist called The Back Row with Matt and Mo. Uh, we're going to take a pause, and when we get back, uh, we got more fun. <laughs> Up next, we've got games and facts. Stick around. What's up, everybody? I'm Radio Matt, and this is Five Not Cool Things. Number 56. People who think that I know everyone in my county, state, city, or school. Hey, you used to live in Albuquerque? Do you know Maria? No, I don't know Maria. Number 57. People who say it goes without saying. If it goes without saying, then then just don't say it. Move on with your life. Number 58. People who tip too small. Dude, she's making like $3 a day. Don't be a jerk. Fork it over. Number 59. When people tell stories and go off on some weird tangent about a certain detail they can't get right that doesn't really affect the story at all, I saw Jimmy dumping a dead body in the harbor on Tuesday. Or was it Wednesday? You know, I think it was Wednesday because Tuesday I was getting a haircut and or, or was that on Wednesday? Get on with it. Did they arrest Jimmy? Whose body was it? And number 60, when doctors say, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling horrible. You're feeling rich and successful and a little judgy. They are not related. 
Those were five not cool things. But you know what is cool? Christmas! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Row Christmas show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. We're proud to be on LTN Radio. If you are hearing this on anything other than LTN Radio and have yet to check it out, once this show is done, that should be your next stop. And there are lots of ways to get it. First off, on your browser, you can go to ltnonair.com or hit the radio tab on lovethynerd.com. You can download the Live 365 app on your phone and then search and favorite LTN Radio. Or you can enable the LTN Radio skill on your Alexa device and then just ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Before we do anything else, I've got five random facts Bring for them you. on. The name mistletoe isn't nearly as sweet as the act associated with it. Missile thrush birds eat the plant's berries, digest the seeds, and then the droppings eventually grow into new plants. So the Germanic word for mistletoe literally means dung on a twig. <laughs> During World War II... Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot just say the phrase Dung on a twig and then move on. That's what mistletoe that means. That is disgusting. You're welcome. You're never going to want to kiss your wife while standing under mistletoe again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Go ahead. During World War II, the United States Play Card Company joined forces with the American and British intelligence agencies to create a very special deck of cards to be given to every soldier as a Christmas gift in hopes of aiding allied prisoners of war escape from German POW camps. Individual cards would peel apart when moistened and would reveal maps of escape routes. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Other than using the word moistened, that was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Moist. When you add the (laughs) E-N-E-D, it's not as bad. That's true. Yeah. Ham ranks as the most favorite of festive dinners. Google searches for ham and turkey both spike during the month of December, but despite the popularity of both, spiral cut ham remains the more popular choice for the Christmas table. Gross. Really? I oh, hate ham. We do ham for Christmas. You go ham all Christmas? <laughs> go ahead. I was trying to figure out how that was. Do you know what go ham means? No. Oh, well, we can't share it here. Okay. Holy as a martyr. That's not what it means. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, (laughs) The National (laughs) Confectioners Association says a choir master gave candy canes to young children in hopes of keeping them quiet during long church services. But it wasn't until actually a German-Swedish immigrant decorated his tree with the candies in 1847 that they became popular as a Christmas candy. Cool. Mm-hmm. And lastly, in several European countries, finding a spider web on a Christmas tree is believed to bring good luck. One legend tells of a spider who wove a blanket for baby Jesus. And according to another, a spider web on a Christmas tree turned silver and gold once the sunlight touched it. Either way, decorating your tree with artificial spiders and spider webs will assuredly bring you luck and prosperity in the new year. 
or something. <laughs> there is a legend of a spider weaving a blanket for baby Jesus. Yes. How have I never heard this? Well, it's a European legend. So, but still, that's such a strange thing. You would yeah, expect I know. to have seen it somewhere on the internet. I know. I'm gonna have to look that up. Okay. Because I kind of don't believe you. Oh. Okay. But, but you've been pretty pretty on point with the mm-hmm. faxes here. All right, so don't look over here. Okay, I'm Again. not looking. Because uh, it's time for Onion or Not Onion. Uh, I've got three headlines here. Two of them are fake from places like The Onion or Babylon Bee, but one of them is real. Mo is going to try and guess which one is real, and you can play along at home. Okay, but our... There's only one that's real. Okay. I tricked you last show with okay. all three of them being real, but that was just a fun once-a-year thing. Okay. But you never know when it's going to come. Okay. This one, there's only one real one. So first headline... More Americans opting to deep fry their Christmas tree this year. Headline number two. Pierce Morgan forced to admit he's not the Home Alone 2 pigeon lady. (laughs) Or headline number three. California declares Christmas caroling a felony. Uh, I mean, (laughs) the last one is the only one that really makes sense. (laughs) But that leads me to believe that's not it. Pierce Morgan. Oh, man. Was forced to deny he's the pigeon lady in Home Alone 2 lost in New York after confusion mounted on today's Good Morning Britain. Uh, Not today's. It was a few days ago. The broadcaster insisted that he does not play the notorious character, which is portrayed by Brenda Fricker in the 1992 movie. Sorry for that almost cuss, but that's her last name. <laughs> when co-host Susanna Reed presented him with a side-by-side image bearing an uncanny resemblance. Go Google the side-by-side image, because they do look identical. Why does this keep coming around, Pierce demanded. Because, frankly, it's the best picture, Susanna replied. Because lots of people watch Home Alone 2 and wonder if it's you, Pierce Morgan. <laughs> it's not me, Pierce insisted. I'm not the bag lady in Home Alone 2. Uh, Susanna said, you are the pigeon lady in Home Alone 2. <laughs> so there's, there's just a way. But Mo can see yeah, the image. Uh-huh. It's, it's exactly the same. I mean, they have the exact same face. I mean, if anything, <laughs> she's like definitely his sister. Gotta, yeah, gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've got a who said it quiz for you, Mo. Okay. Mm, now, in these quizzes, typically I give you uh, the choice between two people. Right. Mm-hmm. But in this special Christmas quiz, I'm giving you the choice between four different characters. I'm giving you phrases from Christmas movies, beloved Christmas movies, from the main character in each movie, and you have to tell me, is it Buddy the Elf who said this? Charlie Brown, specifically from the main Christmas special that said this? Clark from Christmas Vacation? Or George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, gosh. Now, you know, I have a tendency to say the phrases like the characters do if I know them really well. Yeah. You've called me out on this, and Mm -hmm. it's made it easier for you. Uh, But also, many of these would be really recognizable if set at the proper tempo, too, because these are popular movies. So, in order to make this more of a challenge for you, I will be reading each of these quotes as the macho man Randy Savage. I will try not to embellish the actual quote, but I might throw in a a yeah from time to time out of habit. (laughs) No, because then that's not the quote. (laughs) And also we have 40 of these to do in six minutes. Are you ready? Yeah, I guess so. All right. You can say Buddy, Charlie Brown, George, or uh, 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 Clark. Okay. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. We'll make it quick. Let me get in the voice character. Yeah. Okay. Mm. here Here we go. 
Can I refill your eggnog for you? Could I get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead. Clark. I've gotten a Christmas bonus every year, but this one. Uh, Clark. I said I wished I was never born. Wait, Kevin McAllister's not on there, right? (laughs) Uh, Charlie Brown? I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, in the next day, in the next year, and the year after that. The guy from It's a Wonderful Life. George. George. Hey, kids, I heard on the news that an airline pilot spotted Santa's sleigh on its way in from New York City. George. You stink. (laughs) You smell like beef and cheese. Yeah. Charlie. I don't know any of these. (laughs) Come on. He's an angry elf. Oh, buddy. (laughs) You look older without your clothes on. Uh, 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 Clark? (laughs) Well, I don't have much time. I'm supposed to get down to the school auditorium to direct the Christmas play. Charlie? (laughs) Correct. Worse? How could things get any worse? Take a look around here, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. (laughs) Clark. (laughs) Correct. Does somebody need a hug? Uh, buddy? (laughs) Correct. No, you see, you make a wish and then try to break some glass, and you gotta be a pretty good shot nowadays, too. George? Good job. You're the only person I know who can raise a cloud of dust in a snowstorm. Charlie. Good job. I think you're really beautiful, and I feel really warm when I'm around you, and my tongue swells up. Buddy? Correct. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to jail. Oh, goodness. George? Correct. So, good news. I saw a dog today. Charlie? (laughs) No, that was Buddy. Oh. Everything I do turns into a disaster. Charlie? Good job. Look what you've done to my tree. Mm, Clark? Good job. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. George? No, that was Charlie Brown. Oh. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Yeah. Mm, buddy? <laughs> that was Charlie Brown. Really? Well, then you can swallow it and it'll all dissolve, see? And the moonbeams would shoot out of your fingertips and your toes and the ends of your hair. Am I talking too much? I don't know this one at all. Um, George. Is there sugar in syrup? Hmm, buddy. Good job. <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert. My mouth's bleeding. Yeah. George. Good job. Watch out. The yellow ones don't stop. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, 
Charlie? There's a lot of people angry at you, missing all these buddy quotes. I'm so sorry. I killed it. Oh, everything I touched gets ruined here. We already said that one. Mm. And I don't remember. Charlie. Good job. It's a one-year membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. Clark. Good job. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. Yeah, this is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency year. Whoa. Clark? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy. What am I seeing? Huh? There's a nip in the air. Yeah. Uh, Clark? <laughs> You call this a happy family? Why do we have all these kids? Uh, George? Good job. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all the year. Buddy. Good job. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am now. Clark? Good job. Good grief. <laughs> Charlie Brown. You got 40 seconds left. Oh, man. We're kicking off our fun old family fashion Christmas by heading out into the country in an old front wheel drive. Good job. Merry Christmas, movie house. Merry Christmas, Emporium. Uh, I don't know, Charlie. No, that was George Bailey. Uh, you sit on a throne of lies. Oh, uh, buddy. Good job. Look, we're still in business. We got two bucks left. Uh, Charlie Brown? Uh, that was George Bailey. Oh. I wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog. Charlie Brown? No, uh, George Bailey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, don't, don't you know sarcasm when you hear it? Uh, Clark? Time's up. Wow. We only had uh, three left. Hey, you did, did, uh, uh, you did okay. You got 27 out of 40. I was passing. <laughs> You got a 68%. That's yeah, passing that's in New passing. Mexico. Exactly. Oh, my throat hurts so much. I bet. <laughs> I bet. This was a bad idea having to do the stupid chip thing later. Oh. My, my throat is raw meat right now. So I will tell you that that really did throw me off because I couldn't even, you, not even if you had, okay, hold on. Even if you hadn't said it in their, like, voice. Voice. I still would have been able to hear it in right. their voice had you just said it normally. Right. I but knew. because yeah. you're talking like Randy Savage, I can't hear anything but Randy Savage. <laughs> I'm like, a couple of those that was hard. Golden in his voice too. The the Clark thing where no one's leaving. That yeah, was great. That was hard. Oh, that, man, that man. was really hard. <laughs> I I'm I'm sorry to disappoint those of you who I disappointed. I think that I would have done better had Matt not been Randy. <laughs> All right, it's time for another break. Still lots more Back Row Christmas show to come. Up next, Matt and I will be exchanging Christmas gifts, and very soon, the One Chip Challenge will ruin our Christmas. Stick around. This is Mo from the Back Row Morning Show, and I've got your five random facts. The tradition of Christmas trees goes back to ancient Egyptians and Romans who would mark the winter solstice with evergreens as a reminder that spring would return. 
Before Coca-Cola got in on it, Santa used to look a lot less jolly. In 1932, the beverage company hired an illustrator who created the Jolly Elf we know today in hopes of not giving children nightmares. The Christmas wreath originated as a symbol of Christ with the holly representing the crown of thorns Jesus wore and the red berries symbolizing the bloodshed. Jingle Bells was originally intended for an entirely different holiday when written by James Lord Pierpont for his church's Thanksgiving concert. And Christmas decorating sends nearly 15,000 people to the ER annually. For more random facts and hilarious nonsense, tune in to the Back Row Morning Show Monday through Thursday at 7 a.m. Central with an encore at 9. Welcome back to the Back Row Christmas Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. We're the official morning show of Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. And we know this might be the first time some of you are hearing us because we are newbies and because you might already know what to expect from a morning show because you used to listen to K-Love before LTN Radio came around. Let's set the record straight. We ain't your average morning show. Does our show feature goofy segments, games, and gimmicks? Of course. But we also offer deep dives into many different topics and strive to make you a better nerd and a better Christian. And even though this is only our third month on LTN Radio, this is the 313th episode we've recorded for our morning show in the last three years on top of the 125 podcast episodes before that. We're just saying we aren't novices here and we don't play on easy mode. (laughs) Honestly, with so many of our shows this year focused on COVID-19, it's easy to notice that there have been many shows where we have struggled to get through without being depressing. (laughs) That is the morning show's job, after all, to kickstart your day with something positive and set the tone for the day of everyone listening. But 2020 has been a real stinker, no doubt about it. In our last morning show for the year, we took the time to list over... We took the time. We took the time to list over over 40 things about 2020 that were actually pretty great. (laughs) Matt picking on me was not one of them. But if you haven't heard it yet, we encourage you to give our December 23rd episode a listen. Just briefly, I want to talk about 2021. Mo, uh, Mo has been a downer all year saying, hey, 2021 could be worse, everyone. Why are we acting like things are going to magically get better on January 1st? While we remain hopeful that 2021 will, in the end, be a better year overall, it's possible that we'll still have several months of struggle ahead of us. So what if that is the case? How do we react then? What about you, Mo? If if things continue downward before they get better, how will you personally move forward? Hmm. Um, We have a nice, spacious closet. Um, I'm pretty sure that if I moved most of the Christmas presents that are hiding in there now, I could easily put in a mini fridge, get an air mattress, slide in our TV from the camper, and I am set. No one has to see me until things are better. (laughs) More importantly, I don't have to see anyone else until things are better. Um, by the way, those of you listening, uh, our, our spouses are in the room with us. They're, they're getting prepared to help us with the one chip challenge. So if you hear a chuckle or a shuffle in the background, just ignore it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now what I was thinking was, you know, with, with 2020, 
back in March when we were still kind of living in the denial of thinking, yeah, in two weeks, this will be over. Uh, just two weeks to slow the spread and we'll be back to normal. And that didn't happen. We were all kind of panicky. We were all kind of freaking out. We had the fear of the unknown because when is it going to be over? And we didn't even know how to handle it. Now, there was still competing evidence of what's the best way to handle COVID-19 in many different respects, lockdowns, masks, all that stuff. But back then, we were panicking because this was new. Mm-hmm. Recently, we've had kind of a resurgence of the virus, and many people said it was you know worse than the original emergence. And that might be true when it comes to cases and whatnot. But I don't f- personally, from my perspective, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like us as a society feel like this round has been worse. Like, I haven't felt the same emotional, overwhelming fear from the people around me as we did the first time around. Yeah. In fact, I felt kind of the opposite, a more of, all right, let's grip down, bear it, and get through this kind of thing. Even those of us uh, in, you know, different sectors of society who kind of disagree with the way things are being handled by, by politicians and whatever else, we're still mostly playing ball. We're still... You know, wearing masks, we're supposed to be wearing masks, trying to social distance as much as possible, doing what we're supposed to be doing, if for no other reason than to make everybody else around us more comfortable. Mm. We're, we're, we're rallying in a way that maybe we didn't think we were that first time around. Because I remember a show that we did earlier in the year, we talked about comparing it to 9-11, where after 9-11 we were all like very in sync, we mm-hmm. were very close, we were one nation, we were united, and we said it didn't feel like that this year. Right. Felt like we were more divided than ever. Mm-hmm. And while politically and, and maybe some social issue ways that's kind of been true, when it comes to gathering together just as a, as a spirit of humankind, going through that list of things that did not suck in 2020 kind of opened my eyes to, no, we still did that. We were still united. We still had people rallying uh, their own personal, uh, spending money on their own personal stuff, spending all their time to you know make masks for people. We mm-hmm. still had uh, you know frontline nurses and whatever pulling 48, 72-hour shifts to take care of people. We had people rallying to do the best they could for other people, mm-hmm. being selfless. That is very true. It just didn't get as much... Didn't get much attention right. because there was also so much to fight about in other sectors of our world. Right. And honestly, I think that even if these next six months or so, which I you know that's generally the thought right now, is that in about six months, vaccine will be spread enough that things can start to trickle back to normal, that even if they get a little worse, we'll be able to handle it. I think I mentioned that, you know, we have that fear, but we also have kind of a light at the tunnel, light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel. And that enough might be enough hope to yeah. keep us a little more positive, a little less uh, in denial or depression. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I mean, I know there are situations individually that are rough, job losses, uh, even, you know, people struggling with addictions and whatnot, which we kind of know about being in Celebrate Recovery for, for so many years. But overall... I feel like that we're really trying our best. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not giving up 
we're not hiding in our closet <laughs> to ride this thing out, but yeah. that we're actually we're actually kind of coming together mm-hmm. in a way that we'd want to. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can agree with that. And one of the ways that you can really get through this tough time is by relying on your friends. You might not be able to get close to them. You might not be able to see them as much as you want, depending on you know where they at, where they're at in life, and how exposed you can be, and if they're in a vulnerable category or not. But luckily, we have technology that lets us connect with each other in so many many ways and be of encouragement to each other. Uh, there's a lot to celebrate and be glad in. And a lot of that's going to be found in our relationships with others, our family and our friends. And to celebrate our friendship, let's exchange our Christmas gifts. Yay. But first. Oh, no. You guys get to experience a first time for Matt. Oh. Are you ready? Are you ready? No. <laughs> you already know what it is. I he do, figured but I'm it not out. ready. I figured it out because she brought in cups that has junk in it. You were going to give me this to There's drink out of? There's not junk in there. That's just, here, I'll switch it. Oh. Look at all that. It's because it was in the same <laughs> basket as the, the... She was trying to poison me. The decoration that I brought in. Okay. It's Everything fun. else is a stain. It is just... <laughs> Way to call me out, Matt. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know, Matt has never had eggnog. I've never tried it. He challenged me a few weeks ago. Get this barf bucket ready. By saying, you should really just bring it in and have me taste it. Yeah, I did say that. So, really, this was his idea. I'm just bringing it to pass. I genuinely have no idea what to expect. I've never smelled it. Never tasted it. I have no idea what to taste. The only thing I know is egg. That's all I can think of in my head. And so I think I'm about to drink a raw egg. That's what it, my mind is telling me. Uh, okay, let's see here. Ingredients. Raw egg. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Milk, cream, liquid sugar. And, okay, egg yolks. I don't know. It's the one, two, three... Four, five, sixth ingredient. So it's way down there. You're fine. Okay, put it down. Put it down. Because in order to drink eggnog, you must also have nutmeg and cinnamon. Both? Both. Okay. All right. I'm taking your cup from you. Mo is taking my cup. I'm taking your cup. Ready? Uh, Just a dash of nutmeg. That was a lot more nutmeg. Chris saw it, and he's making a faces firm, at me. A firm layer of nutmeg, like a creme brulee, has that top layer of burnt. All right, so we're gonna, we're just gonna add a little more eggnog. <laughs> a little more <laughs> egg to the nog to balance this go. out. <laughs> there you go. Oh. All right, ready? Oh, this makes it look gross. <laughs> Now the now the nog is is stained. I can't help it. <laughs> Chris told me to stop staring at it. All I right, can't. ready? No. Cheers. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Clink. Okay, I can do this. Mm. Ooh, 
It smells like potpourri. Christmas potpourri, <laughs> everybody. Okay. Mm -mm. Really? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. You taste the cream more than anything. Actually, I taste the nutmeg more than anything because you dumped a pile of it in here. That's fair. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. See? That's all right. I've had something that tastes... Oh! They it's, make eggnog it's cookies. the cookies. Yeah. That's what I'm tasting. My wife makes an eggnog cookie every year, and I think I've eaten one by mistake. <laughs> and it... Genuinely does taste like that. Wow. See, they do a really good job making that they cookie, They do huh? do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> you said doo-doo. A doo-doo. <laughs> it's the icing. Ah. Mm. We need to do that. Okay. We can put it on top of hey. sugar cookies. That was all right. I'm not going to finish it, but it was all right. <laughs> or on top of our gingerbread cookies. <laughs> okay, let's do gifts. Right? Okay, yes. Two gifts. I'm going to give you yours first because this was your idea, so I have a feeling that yours is really good and I don't want to I don't think that mine is really good. I'm just very happy with it. That's okay. All. Well, here's <laughs> ours. <clears throat> In a pretty red fluorescent? Is this a flu is this fluorescent? What no, iridescent? What is a... the word? What is the word? Shiny. <laughs> <laughs> shiny. That's a shiny it's a, one. It's a, there's a word for this. Let's just open the bag. This has taken way too long. Oh. <laughs> uh, so our year has been has been this Christmas has been defined by the Christmas tree cake from Little Debbie. Uh, we have shared our passion uh, for this cake all Christmas long, and so I bought her a Little Debbie Christmas tree cake pillow. It's very a little cute. Decorative pillow. I I it's like adorable. it a lot. It's very cute. All right, are you ready? Ha, uh, before you give me yours, that wasn't originally her gift. Originally, her gift was a bundle of Love Thy Nerd merchandise that I was oh. going to buy, but then Chris Gwaltney, the the beloved Saint Chris of the two hernias, stepped and said, "Hey, you don't have to purchase this. We'll just send it to her." And so basically, he got the credit for the <laughs> gift that I was going to give to her. So I had to come up with a different gift. So that's fair. That's how it usually works. Okay, so <laughs> it's it's a two parter sort of. Okay, that's weird. So I okay. want for you to open this one first. Also, here you go because I have so a many of them. Ornament. It's not part of the gift. It's just there because twenty twenty. I don't want to have extremely disappointed. Would not recommend. Uh, half a star. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so open this first. By the way, it says get your jingle on. In the bag, which has been one of the catchphrases for LTN Radio mm -hmm. during this Christmas season. Uh, hold that there. I will take your tissue paper. <laughs> uh, what? So it's not Terry's. Yeah, but. But. Okay, uh, it's a one of those break apart, or there's a, a several things. There's one of these break apart oranges with a pumpkin spice cream on the inside. Mm -hmm. Hmm. No artificial flavors or colors. So this is genuine pumpkin in here. There you go. You're okay. welcome. I'm actually very excited to try that. Uh, and then Among Us uh, socks. socks? Mm -hmm. That's dope. Yeah. Because I love Among Us. Uh, okay. And then 
can take your jingle bag back. Oh wait, but I need that. Yeah, you need your ornament. And then this, which feels like a book. Oh, you did not. This is the best thing. This is the best thing you could have ever given me, hands down. It's The Office, a day at Dunder Mifflin Elementary. Oh, gosh. So I figured, you know, you guys are getting ready to add your third little one. This is just the best way to start that love of The Office in your children. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy right now. (laughs) Good. That's what I was hoping for. (laughs) Also, I almost bought this like seven times. Good. That's what I was not hoping for. (laughs) I was really, really, really hoping you hadn't seen it and hadn't already purchased it. Oh, my goodness. It's fantastic. I can't wait to read it cover to cover multiple times through. (laughs) All right. I'm going to pass. So there you go. Pass these off to my wife, my beautiful wife pregnant with our child who will be read this book multiple times. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. That'll be fun. (laughs) All right. Uh, It is break time once again. Uh, We are going to be bringing in our spouses to actually help us up, getting set up for the One Chip Challenge. (sighs) And up next when we come back, You might be listening to our live executions. Stick around. Something wrong with you? I gotta be honest, um, I've been getting kind of a vibe over here. I'll tell you what's wrong with me. You! Me? What did I do? You take everything from me! And I'm sick of you showing me up! I'm sensing a lot of pent-up hostility, Wayne! Hey, if this is about Dolores, I told you, I never saw the mistletoe! It's about Dolores, it's about the turbo, it's about all of it! But it's been so great being together on this mission! This mission is a disaster! I didn't want you along, I never wanted you along! I wish I never had a brother! In the second Prep and Landing special from Disney, Prep and Landing, Naughty versus Nice, we see the return of Wayne and Lanny. But this time, instead of preparing a house for Santa, they're on a special mission to recover the fruitcake. A special device that has the ability to disrupt the naughty and nice lists that has accidentally fallen into the hands of a naughty child. Who has spent the last year acting out because of her new little brother and all the attention that he gets over her. And wouldn't you know it, Wayne and Lanny are also aided by a coal elf who turns out to be Wayne's brother, Noel. Even though Noel might have a job that seems a bit lower on the totem pole than Wayne does, he still seems to be the winner in every situation. People get along with him better and he seems to make things happen in ways that Wayne can't. Wayne keeps building up his jealousy until it finally explodes on his brother, only for Noel to confess Wayne is his hero and always has been. That the only reason he feels so confident is that he has looked up to and modeled his brother for his entire life. Wayne then realizes he hasn't actually taken that role seriously enough. And eventually, so too does the naughty little girl. I'm sorry for being so naughty. In 1 Peter 2.22, it says, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. In 1 Corinthians 1.11, Paul writes, And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. 
In fact, there are several Bible verses that set up the whole idea that we are supposed to be good examples for one another. And one of the best ways to be a good example for anybody of any age is to own up to your crap. We live in a world that loves to pass the blame and point the finger, but God wants us to take responsibility for our own actions. If we blow up at somebody, we need to make amends and not in the wait 10 years until everything dies down and then casually bring it up and apologize way. The right now way. The oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, this was all my fault way. And the more others see you doing this, the more they'll be inspired to do it themselves. And that is one powerful way you can spread peace on earth and goodwill toward mankind. Jingle bam. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. Oh, wait, Christmas show. Christmas show. I'm station manager Matt. No, I'm radio man. This is awful. Start over. Welcome back to the Back Row Christmas Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And there's no more escape. This is happening. The one chip challenge <laughs> is upon us. Well, maybe well, maybe we stall just a little bit first. Okay. We've got, we've got a third chair right across from us here. Uh, and we're going to introduce both of our spouses. We got a little bit of a surprise. Uh, we're going to do a quick taste test together. What? First up. Here, mainly for moral support and hand us stuff, is my wife, Daedra. Uh, I won't make you show your face, but at least go say hi on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Hello, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and... Your line here. <laughs> Don't mind me. Because he's not, he's not my spouse. <laughs> and now, my husband... Chris, who is here to narrate for us while we um, die during <laughs> the one chip challenge and apparently going to give us some homework to do along the way as well. Yeah. Huh. Yes. I'm very much looking forward to it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was in Walmart for the first time in over a month and I ran across something that we have talked about trying but never got around to. So I thought we could split this up and all, all of us give it a taste. It's the Flintstones Fruity Pebbles Candy Bar, the snowman version. Huh. Uh, it's white cream of some kind with uh, fruity pebbles inside. There's also a normally shaped candy bar version. Uh, it's essentially the same. But yeah, candy bar, <clears throat> fruity pebbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to break it that? apart. You can't have any? I'll smell it. Are, are you being a weenie? My wife is being a weenie. You can't call the pregnant lady a weenie. I can't. This is her third pregnancy. She's she should be used to this stuff by now. <laughs> there. So I did I it for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll allow you to split that up however you wish. Oh, broken to pieces. Whoa. Take it. Enjoy it. Smell fruity? It smells like... Oh wow. Gosh. It smells great. It smells like fruity pebbles. All right, three, two, oh, gosh. one. Hey. I love this. And it's crunchy. How did um, they do it? This is so good. How did they do it? Wow. I want one of these in my stocking. <laughs> I'm not going to Walmart. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not 
gonna happen. <clears throat> I'll save you this piece. <laughs> you don't like it? No, I like it. I like it. It's really good. Deidre, what do you think? You don't even need the bowl anymore. You just buy these. No, <laughs> more, no nothing. Make me puke. Didn't make her throw up. A lot of things to do these days. So, even thinking about things make her throw up sometimes. It's really fun. Remembering reasons she threw up before. <laughs> Has her running for the bathroom in her first trimester. Okay. Well. That was so good. It was very good. We hit a high note here. So now we're ready for the, the low note. I would keep that on the table. We have, we have stalled long enough. Hmm? It's going to help you with that pepper later. The oh. time is now. So we've got our... Uh, Got our one chip challenge. Have you opened yours yet? No. Pull your baggie out here. Mm-hmm. They're individually wrapped chips, which is a clever thing. And it says what to expect. <clears throat> it's made with Carolina Reaper. I can't open my box. I can't pepper, do it. I'm sorry. Szechuan <laughs> <laughs> peppercorn. This chip was created for the sheer pleasure mm-hmm. of intense heat and pain. Round one. We'll feel the spicy punch to the tongue. Round two, the fiery jab to the face. Round three, impaired vision from tears. Round four, a low blow to the gut. And round five is a KO. We'll be knocked out. Why are we doing this? Because <laughs> we said we would. I know. Because we said we would. We said nothing. Okay, I'm opening this thing. You have forced me to do this. Oh, it's solid black. It is a solid black chip. All right, be careful not to touch it with your fingers. We got little towels, little peeps. It smells terrible. Oh gosh. This is frightening. This is absolutely frightening. Hey, I have two chips in mine. Well good, that'll make it easier for you. <laughs> Fold it over. I'm this actually breaking mine into two. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm not okay with this. We're good. Think we're I good. don't want to do it. I think we're good. <clears throat> All right. I don't want to. Fold it out. <gasps> Are we just going in? We're just going in. There's no stalling. There's nothing left to do. Our show is done besides this. <laughs> I can actually smell it from here. Yeah, five it's very, very potent. Okay, uh, Chris, count us down from... Uh, uh, a thousand. <laughs> Please. Three, two, one. Oh my gosh. You have to eat the whole chip, Mayo. No. You're just prolonging the inevitable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Matt is already sweating. <laughs> it tastes awful. Don't die, babe, okay? Ah! I feel like that's pretty standard so far. Nope. I... <laughs> okay, can we not drink or eat anything? Do whatever what you gotta do. Do it. <laughs> Go. You want your eggnog? You're out of focus. <laughs> I believe you said out of focus there, people. He can't really speak. Oh my gosh! 
and Mega was shaking. Don't look at me, not my idea. I really think she's in genuine pain. I really do. You guys ready for the questions? No. Challenge within a challenge. No! My mouth. Matt is doing the Lamaze uh, stuff. My <laughs> lips are on fire. <laughs> my mouth. It's a white hot torrent. Mega white hot heat. Mega white hot heat, my nickname in high school. <laughs> That's what they called me. On the badminton team. I would bring the white hot heat. Oh. Oh. I'm doing the, uh. You know that little death toy bird? <laughs> uh, it just goes back and forth. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh, because it makes it hotter! Oh. Don't burp either. I'm not planning on it. Oh. oh. I, I, don't even... I really can't. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I have tissues. I'm so sorry. Drink the eggnog. Drink the eggnog! Eat your ice cream. Do whatever you gotta do. Hit me with a movie thing, Chris. I'll tell a story. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh. Is, uh, let's describe Elf. The plot of Elf. The plot okay. of Elf. Yeah, and the main character. Oh. Okay, let me take a drink. Oh, gosh. I'm shaking. You see the shaking of the milk. Mm. Okay. It makes milk taste bad too. Okay. Uh, Elf. I ruined this movie earlier, so it's going to be hard to not talk about how I ruined it and actually tell the real story. Santa Claus out doing his thing, delivering gifts to the people of New York City. Walks into an orphanage. I didn't see him actually leave any presents for the orphans. Might have just been there to point and laugh. Took a baby by accident after he crawled into the sack of magicness. Oh! All right, gets back to Chris. Gets back to the, you know, the place at the North Pole where they live and make toys. And he crawls up, and they name him Buddy because the diaper says Buddy diapers on it. Uh, fast forward thirty some odd years. And he's the most giant elf on the planet. Uh, mm. Have the ice cream. Oh, oh, I can do this. Uh, giant elf doesn't know he's an elf. Sucks at making toys and doesn't know why. Why, Papa Elf? Why am I awful? Oh, he overhears a conversation after being put on Jack in the Box of Duty for making terrible exosketch paces. Hmm, 198 off the pace or something, I don't remember. Ah, he hates, to, oh, <coughs> in my throat, oh. He hates the job of the Jack in the Box because the Jack in the Box scares him, right? Hmm, then he overhears two elves saying, man, this boy sir is stupid. He doesn't know he's a, he's a person. He thinks he's a big elf. Standing in the shower, all tall, all streaking down, getting water on him. Oh man! Whoo! 
It's just the first 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> sitting, sitting on, I'm trying to give, trying to give Mo some time to recover. I said the plot. Sitting on Papa Elf's lap like a giant overgrown tree stump. Oh, says, hey, actually, we kidnapped you. And here's a picture of your parents. Go find them. And uh, he crawls through uh, the Lincoln Tunnel. Uh, the nor- narwhal pops out. Like he's gonna eat him, and he says, "Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad." Uh. Oh! <laughs> it's painful. It's so painful to burp. Oh, oh, oh! Made it all the way. Starts eating gum off of the street after Santa said, "Don't do it." He finds his dad, but his dad thinks that he's a singing telegram. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, that was weird. Ah, and then they, they leave. His dad approved a book with the last two pages missing. So now he's going to come up with a new book before Christmas. <sighs> Andy Richter and a bald guy are helping him. Uh, Conan, nowhere to be found. <sighs> oh, they call in. Oh, I don't know. Hold on. I'm skipping ahead. Buddy comes down, meets him, whatever. Finally gets his day, and they go to the doctor. Uh, John Favreau stops making Star Wars for a little while and says, Hey, he's your son. He's eating cotton balls. Don't do that. Because that, once he said something would happen if you ate cotton balls. Yeah, you die. You die. Don't ever eat a cotton ball. Oh, he makes nice with the mom and the little brother. And uh, uh, we makes a list of things we're going to do today. And it ends with we're going to snuggle. And his dad says, no, we're not doing any of that. I got to go to work. You stay here and uh, eat spaghetti with maple syrup. And uh, they go. Eventually, Buddy goes, oh. He does do that goes, in the movie. He does. Eventually, <laughs> he does. After he right. the coke. Did you hear that? <laughs> eventually, he goes to work with his dad. And he drinks coffee and he doesn't like it. And so he goes down and works in the mail room. And he does that Russian dance that everybody, you remember that one. Uh, and he makes friends with a with a with a with a convict, an ex-con, uh, and drinks his maple syrup and gets drunk because it wasn't maple syrup. <sighs> and Santa comes down, eventually, and his sleigh breaks, and he's in the park, and he he finds the little brother because Elf ran away, but he ran away because he wasn't ever good enough. Uh, and uh, the kid stole the, the book, the list of things that people want. It started to tell everybody about it, and uh, people believed again. And Santa's sleigh could fly, and he outpaced the, the the Central Park Rangers who got put on the naughty list and never forgave him. And Christmas was saved. And then, oh, there was a whole subplot with a girl. <laughs> I, I was about to say Zoe Deschanel is going to be Deschanel very upset. Very left her out. Breakout role was uh, singing "Naked in the Shower," and Buddy, despite the fact. That he is seen earlier in the movie taking a shower naked, says, I didn't know you were naked in the shower. You're kind of a creeper, Buddy the Elf. We all know you knew what was going on. And uh, then they get married, and they live in the North Pole with Pop Elf, and they have a giant baby. The end. (sighs) Are you okay? I actually feel all right. Good. Mego, how are you? I'm okay. All right, let's do... My stomach hurts. (laughs) Uh, let's see if you can top that with Miracle on 34th. Oh, no, I don't know Miracle on 
34th we Street. We just watched it. Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, no. Street. There is a mom who mm-hmm. is a Grinch, doesn't let her daughter believe in Santa Claus, even though I also don't let my children believe in Santa Claus, but I'm not a Grinch. I'm one of the merriest people around. Um, mm, debatable. But, uh, wow. Um, <laughs> I found a little pocket of tiny chip particles in my mouth, and it is round two. All over again. Okay. Uh, the mom is also the store manager of... Kohl's. Kohl's department mm-hmm. store. Thank you very much. Um, they need a new Santa. She runs into... What was his name on the movie? Santa. Not... No, duh. I know that it was Santa. But he had a name. He had a real name. Not Chris Kringle. Not Santa Claus. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Christoph. She ran into this gentleman. His, his name's John who, on Jurassic Park. Yes, it is John from Jurassic Park. Very good. Um, ran into this gentleman who she thought would be perfect for the role. Turns out he's the real Santa. He ends up making her daughter believe in Santa. Um, she and I don't know who that guy was. Who was the guy that she fell in love with and married? And they got yeah, married He was a lawyer. End. He was a lawyer. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know how he Chris came in Kringle. the picture. I think he went by Chris Kringle. I don't think he went by Chris Oh, in the... I didn't need a spoon. I didn't need... I just... You see that? Oh. Yeah. Um, Ice cream time. It feels really good if you just stick your lips directly uh, on it. <laughs> make out with this thing. It is Bluebell. It wouldn't be the cream. first time. And, yeah, that's the end. Santa Claus ends up buying the house mm. for the mom and her new husband and the little girl. And that is the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> I feel a little gypped with um, yours. Listen here. Matt went into extensive detail. Yeah, and that's because Matt watches movies like you do, and you guys remember every single detail. I said okay. it in the first portion of our show. I enjoyed your watching. ruining of uh, Christmas Vacation. Very Thank scientific. You. I do what I can. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. Uh, I'm also just more, more of a showman than Mo is. So. That's, that's true. Mm. Okay, you know what? I'm coming down. Okay, I'm afraid to know, though. I really am. Because, like it said, so far, we've been on par. Spicy punch to the tongue, fiery jab to the face, impaired vision from tears. Did you cry? I cried. Lost all my eye makeup. I, uh... I cried Do a little bit. Do I look bit. like a raccoon? Oh, my it's breath is really hot. Is it really? No. Not really <laughs> Me breathing is the part that hurts the most. I am currently sitting at the low blow to the gut. <sighs> and then the last part is KO. I don't I'm think I've gotten... You know. I'm in a weird place right now where my mouth is burning hot, but I have an ice cream headache at the same time. <laughs> and that might be the worst... <laughs> Like Kick Florida pizza. in the gut of them all. Like what? Florida pizza. Florida Burns pizza? your tongue, yet it's <sighs> cold at the same time. So Bubba, uh, Brooklyn he's, 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 oh. he's told us that the... I, I checked in on him the night after they did this, several hours later. And he said that the, the aftermath is uh, when, when you go... You know, okay, yeah, you know, when you make... When that, when, yeah. <laughs> it feels like... You're making icy hot. Oh man! <laughs> oh. <sighs> My breath. That's the thing that's hurting the most. My lips hurt a little bit. I don't feel it anywhere in my stomach. Oh, but my breath. 
hurts. Oh, and the the taste is awful. Listen, as we were watching the pepper stepper challenge, I kept talking about how I really don't like to lose and how typically I will one up you. This time, mm -mm, I did not care. You won this one, fair and square. I feel like I did. You did, absolutely. Yep, because I'm not really in that much pain. Like, the corners of my mouth are a little bit tender, and my tongue is slightly off. But I'm really not in that much pain. My stomach hurts. But that could also be because I chugged eggnog. So, honestly, reliving the Pepper Stepper Challenge earlier, (sighs) this hurt more. Right away? Right away. Yeah. And it hurt more intensely. But... With the jalapeno, we were still writhing at this point. Writhing in absolute torment. Yeah. And so now, really, all we have to worry about is just... The aftermath. The aftermath, which is probably going to be awful. But... Literally. I think we survived. Awful from the butt. I I feel like we did better. Than uh, than oh, we thought we would have. I just got a sharp pain in my stomach. Oh, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I still don't feel it in my stomach at all. Mm. This milk is... No, the milk is cold, but it becomes <laughs> boiling in my mouth immediately. <laughs> Gross! <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Hey, we did it. We survived. Chris, thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. I was worried that we'd be in so much pain we wouldn't be able to do like the outro or anything, but it looks like we're going to be able to. Uh, So we're going to take one more break. We're going to come back to sign off in just a few. Maybe. Stick around. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out ltnonair.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. Christmas show as things are winding down for the day. But first, here's what's coming up on LTN Radio for the rest of the year. Christmas music will continue until midnight central time after our show wraps up and our regular music rotation of the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie will return. Then on Sunday, Hector Mirai will bring us one final Bible thump for the year at 1 p.m. and again at 6 p.m. central. And that Bible thump will be the last show to air on LTN Radio for 2020. All of us behind the scenes will take one week off, returning with a new Bible thump on January 3rd and new morning and evening shows on the 4th. During that break, there will be no shows, no rewinds, no shorts, and no special music blocks, just nonstop amazing music for you to enjoy. 
Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Verse for the day is Luke 2.10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you would like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, please visit lovethynerd.com slash give. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. And don't forget that you can select Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice on smile.amazon.com. And that gives LT in a small kickback from your purchases at absolutely no cost to you. The heat is coming back and my nose is starting to run. It's not a big cut from your smile purchases, but in the last three months, I was able to raise almost five bucks for Love Thy Nerd. And so if we all did that in 2021, that would be a huge influx into the ministry by the end of the year. Don't forget to follow us on all the socials at at the back row LTN, at LTN on air, and at Love Thy Nerd. And the Back Row Morning Show has its own Facebook group community for Christian humor, Back Row Baptist Church. So search us out and join in on the fun. Ooh, lastly, just in case you ever miss a day, find the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review, something along the lines of, they almost died to entertain me. It's true. We'll see you again on Monday, January 4th at 7 a.m. Central. And again at 9 a.m., so make sure you join us. Mo, final thought. I don't have any thoughts. (laughs) My brain has melted. (laughs) My tongue is numb. (laughs) Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd.